0: right, you primitive screwheads. Listen up. Mm They're coming to get you, Barbara.
1: I met this six-year-old child with this... Blank, pale, emotionless face
0: The blackest eyes The devil's eyes I must
2: be crazy (laughs) You know, if the institution ever found out about this They would haul our butts back in and straight check them Permanent You didn't have to come, Oz This is between me and Jason I know, I know, I know But I still don't get the therapy here All you need to know is Jason's dead, right? Seeing his corpse ain't gonna stop the hallucinations. Seeing it won't, but destroying it will. Jason belongs in hell, and I'm gonna see he gets there. Oh shit, I lost them? We'll show those shitters
0: what we can do.
2: And a little bit softer now. That's, that's going soft. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's
1: going soft, Yeah. Hey, it's going soft, I barely touched you. Yes.
2: Her. Oh. Lower. I think. Okay. Gene, does, does Theo see, does, this Theo, does Theo sound too loud now or is he lower now? Cause I, I mean, I can just lower my mic just a little bit and then my ears won't be tingling when you speak into them. So we, okay. I mean, on some occasions, I'm not going to lie. It's, 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 it's just, you know, whew. It's, it's, you know, um, are important. yes. Um, so, okay, you're lower. All right. So, okay. Thank you. There, there's so much that, that, that I want to talk about. Um, I know that we have to talk about, um, in terms of, you know, favorite horror franchises. That's great, but I need to bring up what, um, what the hell is it? I need to bring up the Friday the thirteenth fan film blood loss scam. I don't know if you've seen me posting all over Facebook about it because I've been I've I've been
1: I've picked up a little on what's going on with it. Um, yes. Please expound. Because from what little I've picked up, and, and like I said, educate me, please. This is one yes. of those I'm like, what, what is this shit?
2: <laughs> okay. So the guy, Anthony Caimano, that's running the campaign, he had a show here. Um, we used to do a show here with him on Friday nights from 9 to 11. And then we'd have an after show. That would go till like, 4 or 5 in the morning. So, Saturdays were, like, yes, yeah, Saturdays were my dead day. Because Friday was, like, um, nine eight nine p.m. to, like, 4 a.m. So, um, anyway, on his show, he, see, he had issues. Like, see how we just had technical issues here and, you know, you handled it well. And it was, you know, you were civil and you did not, like... Flip out If he right. were to have technical issues Of any way shape or form he would, he would lose it He would totally lose control So His co-host on the show Was his girlfriend at the time And he Just so happened to Abuse her Not, not He yelled at her on the show I clipped it out of the version that's on YouTube But he did like yell at her on the show Um, and I did hear that he did, um, physically hurt her on more than one occasion. Um, no, not at all. Not at all. So, um, myself and somebody else finally got her, you know, in touch with an advocate who got her out and got her in a shelter. Um, so now this isn't the first time that this guy has run a campaign, And he put it on flex funding. So, even if it didn't reach the goal, you know, you still get to keep that money. Right. So, what happens is, like, he's already had, like, one or two campaigns where they've ended. And he's kept the money. And he hasn't made a movie. Right? So, now this time, even after it came out that he's, like, an abusive person, people are still supporting him. Okay, they're still supporting him. And I have a video. I don't know if you saw the video. It's like 50 some seconds that his the 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 girlfriend sent it to me and she said, look, you can play it, but you can play it when I'm safe. You know, don't play it now because of. All right. So but here's the thing. She's in a shelter now. Right. So how much safer can you get? Right? Right. So I played it. So I played it. And she's been like flaming me all over Facebook and stuff because I I oh. played the thing, and because she's trying to defend him. So that makes me think. I mean, look, um, you should never abuse anybody. You're touching women like that. That's not cool. I don't go for that. But not even touching anybody. Yeah, there's there's a part of me that thinks that maybe she's in on it, and maybe she's getting a cut of these profits, and that's why. <sighs> She's not, you know, being so forthcoming with shit. But anyway, I'll right. play you this 55 second clip where he clearly says that he has no interest in making this film. And I put this on Facebook, I put it all over social media, and people are still donating to this shit. I don't get it. But here, watch this and you tell me what you think. I stayed there, and then you know what you did? You
0: locked me out of the room. I didn't lock you out. Yes, you did door was unlocked. It was unlocked all night. No,
1: you locked me out. The door was locked. I filmed it. When? When
0: I left the room. Why why are you sitting there? It's like like now that you got to use me and got me to do all the stuff for the the films. Is that what happened? I don't want to do the films.
1: It's not fun anymore. I gotta figure out how to pay people back now. It's not fun. What do you mean pay people back? People donated money to the campaign. I have to figure out how to pay them back.
2: No, $2,000. Why are you doing all of this? I'm not doing anything. Yeah, you are. You're ruining everything.
3: No, I want to be left alone.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, and then... So today, because we have a friend on the inside who get, like is in there the, the film that he's making, they have a private chat, I guess, on Facebook for like casting crew. So this person sends me screenshots from inside the chat. So today, I get a screenshot, and in the chat, Anthony posts this. He says. Hey, guys, my Facebook account will be restricted for the next several days, and it's incredibly difficult for me to promote at the moment. If you guys can help by sharing the campaign this week and talking to people about what we have to offer, that would be awesome. Right? So that tells me that he's ready to go dark because... The, the campaign's in demand because he did reach the goal. The goal was only a thousand dollars, so he he surpassed that because he's at like three something now so right he's he's going dark, I think, and that's and the thing is he doesn't even have a script, and he has no intention of writing a script because he was gonna have the woman do it for him, but right. now you know that's not happening so and all these people are donating you know and all this is going on. It's I, I like I said I don't get it, dude. I don't get right.
1: it. Sounds like he's got a few things to really figure out, and I I think you know depending on his relationship with his lady or ex lady or whatever she is, um, it it sounds like they've got a lot of wires crossed, and mm-hmm. you know, whatever he's doing, yeah. I think, and I, and I'm not trying to necessarily get down this rabbit hole, but I think many of us know that even in relationships that aren't necessarily the best for us,
3: Mm -hmm.
1: we tend to stay because sometimes it's twofold from my experiences. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you want to fix the person and you don't know what the other side's going to look like. Some people stay in relationships like that because it's what they know. And Mm -hmm. to be fair, I think we've all been on, either side nobody's a saint you know we have relationships that we know we did wrong and it's usually after the fact where we're like wow you know we we see things from another optic after the Mm -hmm. fact and a lot of times we have to make peace with that where it's like you know what i was the dick like i was the pos here and you know i treated this person in a way i shouldn't have i see the error of my ways but it sounds like um they've got some cross wires and i think it's interesting that you know those knowing that he's not doing this thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I've always been not skeptical. I, I mean, I've, I've given to GoFundMe and stuff like that for people who need help. But these are people I usually know where I understand they're in kind of a bind. And the mm-hmm. only reason why they're asking for what they're asking is because of that. And especially doing something like a fan film, um, that can get kind of in the weeds and seeds cuz i had a friend who actually she gave money to a fan endeavor.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And part of the issue was and and it's not necessarily about, you know, keeping all the receipts, but i think one thing that happens is when it gets finished and it gets completed, everybody wants to they're like, "Oh my god, like, you know, what did my money buy?" You mm-hmm. know, even if you mm-hmm. gave like 10 bucks, like what what did i help contribute to? Well, mm-hmm the endeavor the film and I use the term loosely because it was like 13 minutes so it was a short yeah. mm-hmm. this person collected well over fifteen thousand dollars for a short Ooh.
3: Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and,
1: and to be fair you you can make you know something along those lines for that but it goes back to what did my money buy so having said that you look at this thing and it looks like something that Spielberg would have made when he was 14. it's it's super fudgy super shady um you know what effects were supposed to be there were not like this thing was like super trimmed down from what was pitched Mm -hmm. so many people had ire about it like really dude and he he basically in, in not to mince words but was basically like well too bad so sad You know Mm -hmm. i did complete something and you gave me this so i know some people went after him i don't know what the outcome was i think i watched it like once just to be like oh cool but then it was like she was like what the hell because i think Mm -hmm. she gave like money money not like 10 bucks like actual money to help this person out and and you know kind of fulfill a dream if you will so um you know if if you are not exactly on the level with Mm -hmm. who you're with or even yourself which seems like i think there's issues there and i'm obviously i'm not a shrink it's just going by what i saw Mm -hmm. um the fact that this guy now owes people money and have to pay them back um you know you got to do the right thing you know if if you didn't do what you set out to do you got to do the right thing and i think the worst part about it is if he is going dark we obviously know that Whatever was recorded as far as him being quote unquote conflicted, um, Mm -hmm. he's he's fine with, uh, you know, the other side of it where it's like, oh, well, I'll just go away and nobody will contact me and stuff. And it's like, dude, you got to be better than that. You know, a lot of people, like I said, a lot of people are kind of, you know, um, concerned about giving money for this kind of stuff. And people work hard like, you know, somebody gives you something to make something happen that's trust you know in the form of currency that's my opinion so Mm -hmm. to sit there and turn around and go well I'm just going to go dark and these people can suck it like I mean that's just that's just not cool and we've obviously you know there have been scams before but I also know that it's like you know that's why people lose trust in others that's why Mm -hmm. people who are truly homeless and have you know, real needs and people who are panhandling and they don't get money because they don't trust. And I know there were, and there are times it's like, I had one instance, this was years ago, where this person got in a very nice vehicle after being out on the side of the road. But I also know that there's that part of me, it's like, I have to believe deep down inside they really need the help. This is not a need, this is something he wanted to do and now he may or may not seems more like me um you know just run off with the money and just toodaloo so yeah uh, you know that's one of those things it, it'll get uglier for him before it gets better and it sounds mm-hmm. like they both need some type of intervention or they're both oh. really bad for each other and need to oh
2: that that that's 100 percent. let's see so nanner says it's over 5K. He made two campaigns. Yes, he did make two campaigns for the same fan wow. film. The first campaign did not, you know, he didn't reach his goal on the first Wait. one because his goal was 30000 But it was flex funding, so he got to keep that money. So he made like 2000 something there. So he kept that money. And he's not paying that back. So now on this second campaign... He 's at like he 's over three k on the second campaign, Jesus, and the goal on this campaign was a thousand, so he already surpassed the goal you know and he 's in demand, so people can just keep donating, and the thing is they are you know, and that's that's that that that's sick and Ryan, he has never made anything he's attempted, but he 's never made anything, and i don 't think he well, as long as I have breath in my body. He will not make a movie. Believe me. That's the reason that I brought this up on here tonight. Because I am spreading the word. I, am spra- I am... Every show on this network is going to have this mentioned at least once. So we can, you know. Because I right. think as of May 30th, I think some of the money gets turned over. So that way, you know, you can't get refunds, I think, after May 30th. So we got five right. days left and then damn
1: yeah if he's scamming people i mean that's i mean obviously that speaks to a um you know just being very kind of ill of manner i i i mean none of us are saints but if you're running two campaigns one went shits up and then the other one's still ongoing and it's like because for me and and you know, outside of that video, because I believe, and I've seen this, and like I said, I've given money to people's, um, you know, works or stuff they're trying to do. I'm always mm-hmm. one of those people. It's like, well, so do you have proof of concept? Do you mm-hmm. have, you know, production art? Do you have, you know, anything to kind of promote? And I, I, I did this maybe about three years ago where I did a little campaign and I was mm-hmm. like, Hey, I want to get some podcast stuff. Like I wanted to start this. And I learned over time that that's not for what a podcast makes. Like, you know, you can do it like simpler and stuff, but some people gave money. I gave the money back. Mm -hmm. I was like, Hey, and, and some of them were like, you know, you can keep it to kind of just fund this thing if you want to. And I'm like, no, I'm like, it's the principle. It comes back to whether or not you, you know, did or did you did or didn't do something you know, standing by your word. And I told him, I said, you know what, I didn't buy the equipment. I didn't do that podcast or whatever. I decided to kind of go more low tech. I'm like, here's your money back. And, um, you know, this is one of those things probably going to catch up to him probably in the worst way possible because, um, you know, we've seen with bigger cases that Mm -hmm. sooner or later people get their feet held to the fire. And for me, it's literally like, you know, The internet has a short memory. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Especially now more than ever. So Mm -hmm. it's literally like, you put that stuff out there, that you're doing this, and then it never happens, you will go dark. But, I guess the best way to put it is, especially if it's a scam, the money's going to run out. Yeah. Then what is he going to ask for? So
2: (laughs) Exactly, 100%. On many levels. 100%. John, thank you for joining us tonight. Hopefully you'll enjoy the rest of the show. Um, but yeah, like I said, None I just wanted to bring... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wanted I wanted to just bring that up because I'm trying to, like I said, spread it as much as I can because people right. need to have their eyes open. They, they're just like blindly following this guy. It's like it's a cult. Yeah. The cult of Anthony. I hate to say it, but it, it is.
1: It, it happens. You know, people for whatever reason, you know, certain people kind of speak to others in a way where they will contribute. And, you know, my biggest thing is, you know, whenever you put that out there, and I mean, all things considered, you look at the evidence in hand, and it's like, well, yeah, this seems like super shady. Um, you know, it's one of those things where he might come knock and be like, well, you're in the middle of my shit. And I'm like, well, at least from my standpoint, it's like, well, you're fucking people over. Mm-hmm. You know, heaven forbid there are people in this world who think that's still wrong. I do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. 100%, so. dude. 100%. Uh. But now, um <laughs> Yeah, you really like. Yeah. Um something that's that's not as much of a downer. Um well, no, it could be a downer because I I saw it. I didn't read it. Because I figured we could talk about it. <laughs> what is James Cameron doing? What is uh, he doing?
1: Well, okay, so... And and when you talk about people of, of a cultish nature, Cameron yeah. is, you know, certainly up there. And don't get me wrong, I love many of that man's films. But mm-hmm. not to say he don't fuck shit up. I mean, everybody sooner or later makes... A misstep of some kind. So, mm-hmm. according to, and we got this off of Joe Blow. dot com, just to you know source it. Um, yeah. He is working on another Terminator movie, at least the script, because the rights, I think, of officially, I, I want to say it was twenty twenty. Like they officially went back to him. So now, and
2: <laughs> so it's so a Paramount's done. Like it's going to go to another like, oh shit. Well, as long
3: as he. Oh
2: if per oh no 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 No, because you know you know as well as i do he's in bed with with fox which is now owned by disney so right oh that's oh no 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 yeah, they're going to dump he, terminator if, if, to hulu yeah
1: yeah cuz if the rights go back cuz the rights should be his now so now mm-hmm. he can shop it wherever my beef look i love especially the first terminator movies i actually like three mm-hmm. three makes sense in its own way but it's obviously not cameron directed so already the rails started kind of trailing off like you know we already had like oh okay so let's go in in this direction and then you have salvation which is really like from a from a concept standpoint
0: mm-hmm.
1: i was all for like mm-hmm. absolutely 100% for Um, because I think sooner or later, you would have to find a way to get away from Arnie, you know, he's in his 70s now. Mm -hmm. And I think if you want to expand on a universe, you have to be able to do that without certain people. And I know that, you know, they have a uh, a continental, uh, the continental series coming up, which is rooted, obviously, in John Wick's universe. And you know, there's no, it takes place in the 70s. So it's probably not going to include Keanu in any way. So sooner or later, if you're going to treat something like a franchise and expand on it, you have to leave certain things behind. Because I mean, a perfect example is the new Indiana Jones, which is getting like shit killed. as far as reviews go. And it's like, okay, if you want to keep something like that going, you have to figure out a way to do it without this individual if you're really set on doing it and i've always been a firm believer it's like you know you either shit are going to get off the pot so for me salvation was one of those things i was like oh my god we're gonna see the future war like it's been hinted to left and right we know that there's been cases of okay that that and that and they've kind of connected some points but ultimately They couldn't help but to include, and then, you know, that fell down its own rabbit hole because you had, you know, a Terminator who didn't know he was a Terminator, like, just fucking ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And then five and six, Genesis has its moments, but it's also like, okay, once again, you're dusting off Arnie. And then Dark Fate is just fucking dumb. And I hate saying that because it was directed by Tim Miller. And now you've literally... You've retconned yourself so many times over that you had to start all over, and you still have logic gaps. You still have massive logic gaps
3: mm-hmm.
1: with Dark Fate, and there was eight overall as far as credited screenwriters. I think it was like six to eight people. So it's oh, literally, yeah, like, uh, like six to eight people literally had some kind of hand in doing this, and it's wow. like y- you know you. <laughs> sooner or later and and i and i feel bad i mean we know there are big blockbusters that have run into this stuff before but i feel bad for the cast and crew because they'll walk on set and be like you know i spent two days rehearsing these scenes and these lines Mm -hmm. and you know where to step and where to do this and you know do what i'm supposed to do on cue and then you tell me everything i worked on is for fuck all And that somebody Mm -hmm. changed it in the middle of the night who was sitting in a hotel room, probably making like three or four grand a day to be a script doctor. Um, So honestly, there's like eight people credited, six to eight people. It's probably even more than that. Um, Mm -hmm. Cameron really needs to, I I personally think that as a franchise, and, Mm -hmm. and obviously we're gonna talk a little more about franchises, you and I both know that sooner or later franchises I guess the best way to put it is trip on their own dick. And a uh-huh. lot of that has to do with the fact that everybody wants to be the hero. Everybody wants to be the person that goes, oh, I saved the franchise. Oh, I fixed this. I fixed that. And, you know, when the people, the creative types who really were behind it are gone, mm-hmm. we know that shit changes. And we know yeah. that ultimately it's not going to be the same. So, this is how franchises get pounded into the ground where somebody has to chime in and go, Hey, I'm going to do this. And considering, especially dark Fate, dark Fate lost money, like big time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Salvation lost money big time. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, it's kind of like the Indiana Jones thing again, you know, he's 80.
2: Yeah.
1: How I, just from the trailers alone, like it gives me a sour taste, but who the hell wants to see an 80-year-old Indiana Jones? Who the fuck wants to see a 75-year-old Terminator? You know, T- uh, T-800. Um, well, he said he's so, done.
2: I think Schwarzenegger said he's done. He's, he needs he's to done be. with it.
1: I I think when people get to the point where they re they, they re-immerse themselves in a franchise and I I know that the power of money is strong.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: But when they look back at some of these things, do they not have moments of the fuck was I thinking? And I think mm-hmm. Arnie's finally reached that point. And, you know, Cameron is making his blue people movies and you know, people still watch them.
0: <laughs> and blue ultimately yep.
1: ultimately, right. you know, sooner or later you have to move on from things. And when people try to come back to franchises, they find something mm-hmm. they don't like that in some cases franchises move past the audience themselves. And I think Terminator is a big one of that because it was nice to see Linda Hamilton back as Sarah Connor. She was almost 60. Arnie was almost 70 and he's like 75 now. Sooner or later, you have to let this stuff pass. And then if you're gonna continue the franchise in some way, you have to build characters, you have to focus on expanding story. And for a lot Mm -hmm. of these writers nowadays, creative types, It's, it's, it's easier to retcon and it's easier to shove shit in that doesn't necessarily trick. And I think the worst part about it is it's all a conceit. The fans know. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think we're going to get that with Dial of Destiny. Oh. Where, hey, all of a sudden, because here's, so here's the dirty little secret with that one. Yeah. So apparently it's two and a half hours long. So it's the longest of all the indie movies to date. Yeah. And the prologue, so just the opening, the prologue, hmm. is about 25 minutes long, and all Give of me it a is phrase. de-aged Harrison Ford. <laughs> um,
2: the
1: prologue is 25 minutes, with a aged weird-looking, soulless-eye Harrison Ford. And it's like, I, oh yeah, get me tickets for that, like, right meow.
2: L- listen, I know people that have actually said that they've already bought tickets for, like, three times on opening weekend. And I'm thinking to myself, number one, why do you have to buy them this early? Because I don't, you know, I don't think you're going to have that much of a problem. And number two, why would you want to buy? Why would you want to commit yourself to seeing it three times after you, you? I mean, look, granted, I know you like all the other ones. You love Harrison Ford. Great. I get it. Good. But I mean, come on. 25 minutes of a oh God, shoot me. So wait, that's, that's
1: well, it really speaks to it really speaks to the retconning, where, you know, they probably want to put somebody else in the forefront, so they can take over the franchise. And once again, it's like, you know, you really got to pick your battles when you do that stuff. Because, you know, once upon a win, not long mm. after the Last Crusade, and people may not right. remember, but there was a series—a very short-lived series of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Yeah, oh, and and this, I want to forget. Here is the crazy. Oh, it's it's not horrible, but it is a case of oh, you you know you made this okay mm. great, but then again nobody really cared, and to be fair it came out i think it was like saturdays at 9 p.m
2: <laughs> yeah i think you're and nanners you're right fans don't want to see anything new i mean not well, with indiana jones they, damn it when they, do they don't
1: they do when they don't like it's such a tricky it's such a crapshoot shoot because you kind of can't win for losing and i see this almost from the filmmaker's side like here's a perfect example back of my mind uh-huh. force awakens I like mm-hmm. the Force Awakens, and I know you know there's a lot of retconning, and a lot of the characters aren't as up to snuff, and part of that has to do with the actors, and part of that has to do with how these characters are written. But let's be honest: we know at the end of the day, the Force Awakens is a remake of A New Hope. Yeah, I bought into that within the first twenty minutes of watching it, <laughs>
0: <laughs> where
1: I was like, I, "This was in the theater," and I'm like, "Oh, we're we're you know we're we're kind of." You know, we're remixing a new hope yep. if you will and, yep. and i'm okay with that but i still know what it is and i and i know that especially for a first movie coming back to what was supposed to be you know the original saga um i was like okay they're they're picking their battles they're mm-hmm. they're gonna they're, they're gonna tread lightly they're gonna fan service they're gonna give us what we think we want or what
0: we want these side quests that don't even add up
1: so oh i got a little i got a little echo well feedback there or something but um you know fans i think sometimes fans don't know what they want and i i honestly will completely admit to that where it's Mm -hmm. literally like there's so many things where it's like hey i'd like to see this but then you don't and then the fans turn around and they see it and they're like oh well it's just cheap fan service like um i i think a lot of it at least what a lot should be Mm -hmm. at least from a filmmaker standpoint is you you have to find the balance like give the fans what they want but if you're going to expand on something you have to know how to Pick that battle.
3: Mm-hmm. You have
1: to know how to kind of, you know. And the like I said, Case of Force Awakens is a perfect example because it's literally they went and remade a new hope. And they did it in such a way to ensure that um, you know, we 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 got what we thought we wanted and a lot of it we did. Like I'll be completely mm-hmm. honest, a lot of that stuff I'm like, yeah, that tracks. I still mm-hmm. watch it, I enjoy it. But I also know that when you get to like the rise of Skywalker where you realize, hey, did they really know what they were doing? Did they really mm-hmm. have this planned? Because I don't know about you, but we knew Palpatine was dead, and the fact mm-hmm. that he somehow was back and that he didn't explain was yeah. like, uh, okay. But then the other side of it was right in the beginning, when a thousand starter shores come up from the ice, I'm like, how'd you pull mm-hmm. that off? Yep. Like, You know, visuals are great, especially in trailers. However... <laughs>
2: <laughs> hmm mm-hmm.
1: yeah sooner or later you gotta try to make sense of this shit so
2: yeah yeah <laughs> i mean
1: i, I gotta you know. i'll be honest fans don't know they don't know what they want until they see it and perfect example is the the most recent scream i like it better than five but yeah. i also know that now they're really departing the station as far as what was done before which is fine the all-in effect that's part of why I like Six as much as I do, even with some of the cartoony shit that happens toward the end where I'm like scratching my head. Will I see Dial of Destiny? Of course. I mm-hmm. have to at least say I saw it to be able to render like a real decision on it. But having said that, I, 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 I never truly needed an 80 year old Indiana Jones, let alone a de aged one.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and. and, and... I I wish that I could be with you in that theater, and after that 20-some minute prologue, I'm going to look at you and be like, was that necessary? When when you
1: think of it from the standpoint of starting a movie, 25 minutes of an opening, I'm not sure how they're going to necessarily treat it, but from the way it sounds, that comes before what takes place. So you have 25 minutes of setting up the rest of the movie through an opening. Yeah. And a lot of it, and the fact that Dial of Destiny almost certainly deals with some kind of time travel, I mean, it's almost obvious by the name.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: They're setting things up to kind of retcon somewhere. They, they have to be, that's oh. what, at least what makes sense to me. But having oh. said that, I, I can't help but to go, you know, is this how you're gonna say goodbye to this character? And, and let's be fair, Disney, Lucasfilm, or as I like to call her, Emperor Kennedy, i don't have anything against kathleen kennedy i don't have anything against kathleen kennedy as a whole but i will say this she is now in a position i remember when she was named to take over lucasfilm and who i was with at the time like i was impressed because i was like wow that's great like she's been a part of this stuff with lucasfilm for so many years and it's like you know kind of handing the baton off and she's and i remember like in my mind i was like she is literally one of the most powerful people in entertainment Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, that's a lot to kind of hold or bear as, you know, an executive, a creative type, you know, taking over something that she helped in some ways build. So mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm like, wow, I'm I'm really excited for what she's going to do. And then little by little, you start to see, you know, Force Awakens. She played it safe. And then after a while, you start to kind of see where it's like, Well, I'm going to take the franchise in another direction. I'm not going to set up any of it. And a lot of what's now, especially in Star Wars, is, well, here, you have to like it because you like Star Wars, right? It's like, Mm. lady. (laughs) Oh, I agree, internet. (laughs) Uh, Well, and part of the issue is, especially with her as... Cause you make a good point. Like, you know, she would be considered more of an activist first. She's never directed anything as far as I know or really written anything. So mm-hmm. she's still a suit in in some way, regardless of what direction she is. She's a suit first and foremost. And the problem is, is that now you have kind of like this sounding box, Star Wars, Lucasfilm properties and stuff like that, where now it's like, well, I'm going to kind of inject this to say this and I'm all for franchises and I've said this before like going past their own points but there's a huge disconnect when you do it in such a way where you're not even building the story or progressing it a lot of what's done now a lot of studios do it obviously Disney is one of them there's a lot of this here take it or leave it and it's like well you can't do that to your audience you know first of all you alienate them and then you sour you know what they loved you know when you find yourself in that position where ultimately you can't help but to go you know this person knows nothing about star wars or indiana jones and that's my big beef like a lot of that shit. That's what it kind of comes down to. It's like, they don't care about, not just not care about the fan base. They don't even care about like the center of the story. Like what's been built over all these years before Lucas sold it to Disney. It's like, well, it's a name. You have to watch this, right? And it's like, well, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fan, mm-hmm. Fans will make up their mind. That's, that's just the facts. Fans will make up their mind. And, and in a lot of cases, they'll see through the veil. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I fed into that too, because Ghostbusters Afterlife is obviously some heavy fan service, but at oh. least it comes from a somewhat genuine point of view. And the reason I say that is because one, it was Jason Reitman, but two, they wanted to really connect some dots. Is some of it faulty and played up? Sure. Yep. The other side of it for me though, is like, you know what? At least it came from people who seem to give a shit. That's my well. big beef now with Star Wars. And and a lot of and and it's not just them. There's a lot of other franchises that have kind of been turned in that way. And I'm literally like, you just don't give a shit. You slap a name mm-hmm. on it and you expect people to just kind of go with it. And we've seen time and time again where franchises just fall off. And then it's like, oh, I remember this movie, and you know they were supposed to make new movies, and and I think Kathleen Kennedy or Emperor Kennedy literally mm-hmm. holds a record. She, I mean, kid you not, she she literally holds a record for. Mm-hmm. Green lighting, at least on paper or on social media, like more movies than anybody else, and then they never get made. Because ask Ryan Johnson how his trilogy is going.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, oh, and uh, what was the other thing? Yeah, well, now when I saw something today that I didn't read, it's like Kathleen Kennedy talks about the future of Indiana Jones without Harrison Ford. I'm like, there should be no future. There should be none. Just end it. They know there's
1: money involved. That's that's what it comes down to. And, and honestly, after this movie, they're going to give it three to five years and they're going to reboot it. And, you know, however they choose to reboot it is going to be interesting to see because we know as long as the rights and legally everything's in check, yeah. there is a way to... Excuse me.
0: Yeah.
1: There is a way to... Um, you know, have him. If you, if, I mean, don't get me wrong. If they reboot it, I'll probably be there for it to see. Okay, what did you guys do to this now? Yeah, I'm nostalgic that way. But mm-hmm. the other side for me is like, okay, so if you de-age him for 25 minutes, what's to stop you from aging de-aging him for two whole hours? And some actors have already hinted about that possibility. Where, hey, if I sign over my likeness rights and I get paid for it, guess what, boys and girls? You know, I'll I'll be <laughs> I'll be on film forever. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and and yep. I I kind of shun to think that's where film is going to go because we have video games for that. You know, mm-hmm. I I I just hate to think of the concept that you know, some of our screen legends, both people as well as fictional characters, are now going to be immortalized in a way that is so, you know, disingenuous, and I get it all comes down to technology, and it comes down to money, and it comes down to, you know, taking a recognized name and slapping what you want on it to to make money off that. But Mm -hmm. like I said, sooner or later, you're gonna you're gonna lose the fans in the process, because I think one of the biggest disconnects for me with this new one, even before hearing some of the the, the shit about it, mm-hmm. was, and and not everything Spielberg makes is, you know, gold. He's had yeah. some movies in there where you're like, Ooh, okay, but at least with Crystal Skull, which I like, I don't love, but I
3: like, mm-hmm.
1: at least Crystal Skull had his stamp on it. Just looking at the trailers alone, and I like a lot of things that James Mangold has done, but I know that is not Spielberg. And I know that is not my Indiana Jones. Like in in some ways, obviously, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull feels like a type of fan fiction. This looks really like fan fiction, like, oh, what if this, what if that? And a lot of that is all based around people trying to retcon things, trying to get their point of view across if you want to expand the universe, like I said, do the work, create characters, create storylines, follow an arc, you know, things that come with basic storytelling, basic three act storytelling. And, um, you know, they won't do that. It's easier to go, well, here's this new character you better like her or else, by the way, we're going to retcon everything. So a lot of stuff that's come before, ah, fuck all, nobody cares anyway. Like they did with Terminator. So Cameron wants to write another Terminator movie. Great. He needs to stick with his blue people.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> let Terminator, oh. let Terminator at least die. Just enough to where oh, somebody wants to bring it back because sooner or later we know somebody's going to try. But I also know that if you're going to go that route, you got to leave yeah. the past Behind that's what was nice yeah. about Scream Six. It worked out actually that Nev Campbell did not return. Mm-hmm. So, um, we're still hated the Terminator ending that we don't need. But there you go.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still hated the ending of Scream Six, but that's just me. I just hated it. I really did. It
1: it got cartoony, and it it wasn't it wasn't a terrible ending out and out. I I think. I think let's see. The ending in three is pretty rough. Six was mm-hmm. six was understandable based against what they were doing, but mm-hmm. I mean the last twenty minutes, give or take, was like super cartoony. Where I was like, what the? F- what are you doing? Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll For we'll a we'll see what happens. You know what? Maybe Uvi Bowl will come out of retirement and, and wherever he is, and we'll get. Uh, We'll come up and, you know, tear up some franchises and, you know, bring all this back together. You know, like how we did with video game movies back in the day.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean... oh, Imagine Uva <laughs> Boll's Scream or Uva Boll's Terminator.
1: I'd, I'd love to see his Indiana Jones.
2: Oh. I mean... That would and be... And then he, uh... would
1: intercut piece, he would intercut clips of the Wii game, uh, Staff of Kings.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> You'd be like, whoa,
2: he's, he's, yeah. yeah. He's uh, I, I Cameron and,
1: and, and sooner or later, it's going to have to revert another way because he can't be in on all of them. And apparently like him being as a producer, I mean, we know Cameron, at least from what I gather about him, he's up his own ass, mm-hmm. but you know, um, I, I really just leave it alone. Like, sometimes if you want to rebuild something, you have to let it die. You have to let franchises, you know, kind oh, of collapse God. on themselves. And then if you want to bring it back, Zack. <laughs> I don't entirely hate
2: that. <laughs> no, I mean. But to be
1: fair, to be fair, Rebel Moon, which is coming out on Netflix in December, was originally a Star Wars script. Hmm. and you know fans people online obviously shot it down and then disney didn't go through with it so he rewrote it he retooled it and now you know he's got it on netflix and stuff like that and i'm i will this is what i will say at least with Zack snyder the man knows the visual i love some of the stuff he's done visually somebody mm. somewhere should have and, and this is almost with all his movies mm. should have reeled him in like from a producer standpoint because the man loves what he does and, and yeah. the man is like boundless energy like i like a lot of what zack snyder's done i also know though that i don't need half of i don't need half of a three-hour movie to be slow motion <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's that's I my mean, thing that really slows it down, down so numbing. Mm -hmm. yeah it gets kind of numbing after a while because then you're like yeah zach Mm -hmm. we get it and 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 many things that he's done like you look at some of these movies and the passion's there i don't feel like Mm -hmm. the man ever really phones anything in but i don't think he reels himself in like many Mm -hmm. directors who have like that super hyperized hyper (laughs) hyperized visuals michael bay Mm -hmm. another one Where it's like, you know, you can display all these images and it's great. But after a while, it becomes deafening because it's like, yep, got it. Mm -hmm. Yep, got it. Oh, we're doing that again. Yep, got it. And even from a visual standpoint, you know, cinema, of course, first and foremost being a a visual media. Mm -hmm. After a while, you become numb to it. Because not only does it draw out the movie, but it's like, okay, is there a story here or are we just – you know are we just showing off your uh, you know your effects reels <laughs> so hmm. i like man of steel um i know that the way they took the character they were trying to update him but then it also takes away from the character i mean Even the Richard Donner stuff, which, of course, is phenomenal, especially the very first Superman movie, you know, Mm. even with him hiding his powers, it was still about hope. Now, granted, by the end of Man of Steel, he finds hope, but it's just so downtrodden. And it's like, you know, we have DC has a character that is literally based in that kind of downtrodden type of mentality. And Mm. he's a billionaire and yes you know obviously what happened to his family drives what he becomes and i love i adore that man as a character but of course the other side of it you've got to be you know you gotta you gotta call it what it is Mm -hmm. superman was always built around the concept of of hope and it was always built around um you know being an example to make people better powers or no powers and it's kind of hard for a character to exhibit that when he's in the shadows he thinks humanity sucks he can't do anything to help them or inspire them and it's like okay you give him hope at the end because you have to like when you look at man of steel which i do enjoy that part of well i'm gonna get a job and i'm gonna do this you know all this stuff where it's like oh yeah happy go lucky now you're like yeah do you still feel this way though about humanity because i mean you got into a fight with zod and i completely understand that yeah you're not necessarily going to take the fight elsewhere right away but you you did kind of do that like in front of everybody so it was just kind of a different take on superman that nobody really asked for superman was always about hope and about you know, finding the best qualities in ourselves and things like that. So for Zack Snyder to go in that direction, even though I do enjoy Man of Steel, um, I think the one where he really stubbed his toe more than anything was Batman v Superman. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: As much as much as I love so many visuals, mm-hmm. the plot makes no sense. Like, Mm -hmm. there's so many things, or it's not just convoluted, but it's like, wait a minute. If the character can do this, why would this need to happen? Like, there's just Mm -hmm. so many, yeah.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Sorry, Zach, I love you, I hope Rubber Moon is great, but holy shit, what happened Mm -hmm. there? Mm
2: I did watch, I watched a movie today on the recommendation of Crippled Cody. Um a movie I don't know if you ever heard of a movie called Last Shift. I think it came out in like 2012. I want to say about um some rookie police officer who takes um last shift at a uh, decommissioned police station. Okay, and it's just like well, this movie um District 13. Yes. Or, uh, um,
1: not district, but uh, precinct. Uh, uh, assault on precinct. Uh, assault
2: okay, on precinct. Yeah, that's it. Um, now, th- this is this is definitely different because it has a supernatural element to it and there's um, a... Uh, it's, it's really more of a supernatural element. And this is coming from... I don't really like... I mean, people have told me, they're like, you don't like new movies. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I don't. But I watched this... It's, uh, Malum, it's called, and, uh, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty intense at certain moments, like, um, they updated it, and this, this, this woman cop is there at this, this police station, and it's like an overnight thing, and she's by herself, and she's getting these phone calls, she doesn't know where the phone calls are coming from, she's told to stay out of the holding area, and, uh you know things just go uh, ape shit from there it's it's really i mean i think i actually i actually have to watch it again because i i found myself like like there were so many things that that i don't th- that i think maybe i missed and i think it's gotcha. because there was there was too much background noise and too many people were just like talking and kind of like taking my attention away and like then i get to the end of the movie and i'm like Alright, we're here. I don't exactly know how we got here, but we're here. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, Wow, this just happened and that's really like whoa.
1: <laughs> I'll have to check that out. I uh I got to with what little free time I have these days, mm-hmm. I got to watch and and I I had been told to watch it because I was told that it was my speed. And it was something Mm -hmm. that was definitely going to, you know, be on pace with what I like. And ultimately, when I watched it, I even had that, oh, my God, this is fucking insane. In a good way. And um, many have probably heard about it. It's called Sisu. And it is...
2: Ah, yes, I did. How is that?
1: It fucking... Bonkers. It is. It's John Wick. Okay. A little bit of Rambo. Okay. A little bit of Inglorious Bastards. Okay. All kind of wrapped up in this Western kind of, because even John Wick is obviously like kind of this neo-Western. Right. But kind of in this Western package, like it almost reminds me of somebody took like, um, DC used to have a label back in the day called Vertigo Comics, which I adored. And hmm. it it's been long gone they they did some great things that really pushed barriers but um it reminds me of like this kind of graphic novel type of not just visual but like how it kind of presents itself because it's ridiculous Mm -hmm. um there are a couple scenes where you're like yeah physics doesn't work like that but then again who cares because obviously you know, Fast and the Furious is a multi-billion dollar franchise for some reason. Um, right. And I did see that, too, with my son. And we both had moments where we looked at each other and like, what are we doing with our lives? <laughs> like, like what, what, how did we get here? You know, kind of deal. <laughs> um, but Sisu, and, and it's pretty straightforward. A lot of it's in the trailers. And also kind of referencing it once again to like John Wick, where it is a movie um, that... Doesn't have what I would call spoilers, mm-hmm. like it's pretty straightforward stuff, um, and it's just a bonkers good time. It is um, like many of those type of movies. Like part of the joy is the kills,
3: mm-hmm.
1: is is that level of just over the top graphicness that yet feels grounded. There's this weird, and I don't know if it's more so the cinematography or the way it's shot. But ultimately, as, as over the top as some of the shit is, it feels very grounded. Cinematography has a big hand to play in that. But at no point do you feel really put off. I mean, you're going to have moments where you're like, no. But especially on first viewing, you're not really going to have that. Because you're kind of just sucked in. Because it is a very kind of graphic novel type of... Um, setting especially mm-hmm. visually um I really enjoyed it um I hope that it is a standalone movie because it is one of those things where you know Hollywood or studios like to take these things and run with them mm-hmm. and then doing mm-hmm. so they shit them into the ground yes um but this is definitely it, it it's treated as a one-off it needs to be a one-off and what's so great is the actor who plays um you know the lead protagonist Mm -hmm. um he says next to nothing in the entire movie which is to his credit and a lot of that has to do with the fact that um one the man can act and Mm -hmm. two he's put in these situations to where he doesn't have to say anything so they don't take the characters in directions where oh well they're gonna have this huge speech about this shit they're gonna have this and it's like no like a lot of it is this emoting a lot of this is really him seeing what this situation uh has turned into and it starts out like i said it starts out very simple enough and then it just goes bonkers very well made smartly made um made for like i think like eight to ten million dollars like extremely small budget especially Mm -hmm. nowadays. Uh, Looks great, done very well. The actor who plays the lead is fucking awesome. And the word sisu is, and it's referenced in the movie several times, but it's, it's basically a Norwegian word that it encompasses a spirit that cannot be outdone it's basically uh having um you know fortitude to where Mm -hmm. you don't quit and i i gotta be honest like that character don't quit for shit (laughs) Mm -hmm. so
2: i gotta um, watch that
1: very well done good times it's short it's an hour and a half Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's got you know it's bonkers moments but even from the trailer like you expect that um so it is definitely one of those those movies um it's a nice little fun gem for me i'm glad that it's on people's radars thanks to you know because when they promoted it a lot of the promoting was um you know based on it's from the studio that brought you john wick so um it definitely runs in line with that but we certainly don't need three sisu trailers or see uh three sisu sequels i should say so right yeah it's, it's a good time um it's uh it's a fun little gem of a movie i i love movies like this because they're made in that way where you can tell it's not a big budget but it doesn't have to be when you know the story know the characters and actually care about what happens to them within their arc right that that's always going to be the huge that's always going to mean the most and you and you can't fake that. I think with a lot of filmmakers, especially these days with a lot of gizmos and toys and CGI, which I love looking at the pretty colors, don't get me wrong. You know, mm-hmm. my mom says my new helmet brings out the sparkle in my eyes. Like I love I love computer shiny shit like the next person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But with this particular movie, CGI is very scaled back. There is some points of it, but very little. And ultimately you you see this kind of great tale almost like a fable kind Mm -hmm. of unfold and uh such a good time highly recommend
2: i'm gonna have to check that out and oh before we get into franchises i have to mention one more film um our own mr nanners uh made a short film yes (laughs) he made a short film helvira on the run and he will be starting an indiegogo crowdfunding campaign to uh Work on a, um, I think the first episode of an episodic series because this Elvira character the, that he created is like a horror host or a horror hostess, whatever they. I don't know how they like right to be addressed there. these days. I
1: love Elvira. I'm a, I'm such a massive fan.
2: Well, I this is It's
1: autographed and pop figure and all kind. I, oh yeah.
2: Well, this is this is. His character is Hellvira I wish I still had I don't have her in studio She's like a succubus clown From hell Who comes back to earth And uh, looks to become a um, Horror host for uh, You know on TV It's really uh, The short is like 26 minutes
1: I I, I think I dated that person
2: (laughs) You just may have I mean, but if, if you get a chance the uh, Anybody watching or listening The link is in the uh, show notes So you can check it out You can pick up the Blu-ray And his campaign Where he will not scam you He will actually make something legit um, It's original So you gotta give him that uh, That goes live June 1st So we will be um, Putting that around and all that good stuff Boom Whew. He does a lot of like these visual effects things, and I was watching it, and I'm like, you know, I I should have I should have partaken in a gummy before I watched the the thing because the little the little like like effects like he has like these like somebody says boo when you see like a little ghost float or they have like little hearts float out from her, and I'm like, That's I I cool. I, f- I feel like if I was if I was in the throes of of being you know. Hi, I might enjoy like those a little more because I'd be like, the ghost is actually coming at my face. But you know.
1: <laughs> it's like South Park;
0: it's coming right for us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly,
2: exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. So, okay. Favorite franchises? I know off air you messaged me and you said, you said, what was it? Your favorite horror was Sex in the City. I'm. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. I've. I've never seen it. I've never seen it.
1: Uh, honestly, the show. So. Mm. Little backstory. So I was. Stationed in Japan.
3: Okay, okay.
1: When it came out, and. We had like two or three channels. Okay, as far as. Um you know, what we could access as well as on base. So a lot of what we would do is we would pick up like what people are watching in the States. And then when it would come to DVD,
2: mm-hmm. to our
1: BX, wherever we bought DVDs, we would buy them. And <laughs> Sex in the City was one of those things where I was like, you know, I, I, I had that, oh, what's this about? Oh, okay, it could be funny, could be this. And then I ended up being a bigger fan of the series
3: mm-hmm.
1: than I did my ex wife, because she was the one who bought them. Mm-hmm. And we both became very, and keep in mind, when we bought the first season,
3: mm-hmm.
1: we hadn't watched anything, like outside a couple trailers. So we hadn't really watched anything. So finally, when we watched it, we were like, oh my God, the the first, you know, they, they brought back, they've technically rebooted the show. Mm hmm. And I have not really tried to watch it, and part of it is because the first series and the first movie, you know, when you hear that, oh, it's of a different time, oh yeah, absolutely. Like there were a ton of jokes they couldn't get away with now. And I think what's really, of course, frustrating is, you know, we know to make things more palpable for certain audiences, they pull back on a lot of this stuff. The series, especially the first four or five seasons they don't pull back on shit They're fucking hilarious the whole mm-hmm. the whole show was just funny because they talked about everything and it was done in this way to where each character was a counterpoint to another and that's what made them work as like the quote unquote you know fab four mm-hmm. is all the characters kind of brought out everybody else's qualities in the sense of why you would like them And then apparently, so Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim don't get along. I'm not sure the entire backstory. I didn't look that far into it. Um, So the reboot that's now on, well, now Max, not HBO Max, Mm -hmm. um, is very much, from what little I've watched, is now missing that. Because now it's like, it's been so many years. So they don't have Samantha, and now they focus on just them, because now all these characters are dying off around them, so now it's like, oh, well, now what are you guys going to talk about? And a lot of the Mm -hmm. jokes are pulled. Like, it's not what it used to be. Um, Yeah, I I, I say scary franchise just for the fact that it it became a franchise. Like, it really was one of those things where it came out of nowhere. I still think the series, the original, is fantastic. Uh, First movie, good. Second movie, And, uh... (laughs) well (laughs) you and i both know and especially you know finally getting into like franchises we know one thing without a shadow of a doubt Mm -hmm. sooner or later every franchise will step on its own dick and a lot of that has to do with wanting to go bigger wanting Mm -hmm. to go bolder wanting to have bigger budgets and not only does the story stray but you start to kind of lose the audience because either one you can't commit or two you just keep remaking what you did before because like some franchises that's all they do fast and furious i can tell you right now they've literally remade like so i'd say the last four movies is a yep. remake of the last one in so many wow. ways because it's always oh somebody's from dom's Pass is is finally coming back to haunt them and that's another thing like in these movies like from time as far as like chronological order Mm -hmm. one people are killed like out of order but now it's like turning into marvel where nobody really dies but on top of that the shitty part is is it's like it's it's the same thing over and over and and literally they're not even like embarrassed The last one, not the one that just was released, but the one before that, for those who know, spoiler, 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 for those who don't know, but they went to space. That was a joke. (laughs) Somebody made a a meme, somebody fucked with them and put out online, oh, what are you guys going to do next? Go to space.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And because that franchise is really its own microcosm where they can't do much else at this point, and you look at the very first movie with them street racing, and then yes. now it's like, they they took a meme and they ran with it and mm-hmm. made it canon. They went to fucking space. And they didn't just go to fucking space. They went to space in a fucking Fierro. <laughs> you
2: know, I've only, dude, I, I've only seen up to five. After five, and I know Paul Walker died or whatever. Or he didn't die, you know. I know the character didn't die, but I know Paul Walker's dead. But I've only seen you know, up to five. I, After five, I was well, like, I don't, I don't know.
1: Well, they still treat him in the movies like he's not dead, even right. though the audience knows without a shadow of a doubt that he is. Right. And um, a buddy of mine at a bar, he uh, – he, and this was about a year or so after, but you know, of course people might be like, ooh, too soon. But um, as a joke, he put up a drink called the mm-hmm. Paul Walker.
3: Oh, do you
2: shit. know what
1: the Paul Walker consisted of?
2: Oh, I I can't even venture to guess, but I'm I I'm not even gonna drink because I don't want to spit all say, over.
1: I was gonna say you've met me, so you know me and jokes. Like I will go all the way. Like i like I'll yeah. Go that now. that's
2: that's why I'm not drinking right now because I know <laughs> what's gonna happen if I do.
1: A Paul Walker. Yeah. Is an Irish car bomb with a Woo! fireball.
0: Woo! Woo!
1: Yeah! Oh, You feel dirty. I bet you want to wash your ass after hearing that fucked up joke, don't you? Wash it, you motherfuckers! <laughs> Say, some jokes Woo. all go to the mat. Woo. And let's be honest here. It was, it's unfortunate that he did pass. Obviously, oh, that's a good there one. were circumstances, from what I understand, that he wasn't you know he was speeding and and it's not to say that he deserved to die but it's Mm -hmm. like you have to kind of look at certain aspects and go uh, you know it's it's unfortunate he definitely definitely did not deserve to die that way but apparently and if i have it right if i have it wrong please correct me but he was apparently very reckless behind the wheel of that vehicle and it's like yeah you feel bad like you didn't want that to be you know the end point but it's like dude yeah, yeah uh, be, be careful. The brake pedal's your friend sometimes. Yeah, <laughs>
2: you know what it was. He was going too fast, and he was furious. So there we go. I <laughs> will
1: uh, <laughs> give you that one. That was that was. I liked A little that. bit. That was
2: good. Yeah, that was that was something. <laughs> that was something. Oh yeah, shit!
1: That was, look at it this way: that was a little more accessible than my joke.
2: I mean, the the the, the car bomb, and then the uh, that that got me.
1: Well, re- well, remember that other joke I I I said to you that I felt really bad about, but I was like, uh, I'm a little impressed. I came up with that joke. Remember the cripple joke?
2: Um, was that on? Was that on the crips? If that was on the Crips, then I probably do remember. No, it was
1: during, but I sent it to you after because I was like, "Oh, I feel dirty."
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Don't. Oh, don't feel dirty. Do you? Do you realize all? All he. If you're friends with him on Facebook, you should (laughs) you should see half of the shit that he posts on, and he literally just posts shit because he knows it's going to get him in trouble, and I will. You know
1: shall I repeat the joke? Go ahead, (laughs) do it. This made me feel dirty and look, they are jokes. I still believe that we still need to find a way to Mm -hmm. have a place, a a space, if you will, where Mm -hmm. we can laugh about the darker things in life. It Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily have to be something that happened two days ago. I, I know we need time to kind of process loss, but having said that, you need to be able to laugh at the darker things in life mm-hmm. so you can handle them. Like, you have to laugh to keep from crying. Yeah. So, here's the joke. <clears throat> yep. In most cases, cripples are like car keys, they're usually right where you left them.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. And the best
1: part is, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, no, I, will give chari- I will give money to charitable donations. Wait, I, will, I will. Wait, I, yeah, wait. I'm...
0: no, oh, wait. You don't I, understand? I
1: feel dirty <laughs> saying it, and then there's another part of me. I'm like, woo, yeah.
2: with my Oscar Wilde rapier. And, and and the best part is, the cripple, because all he does is roll around. He can't
1: really, he's really stuck like said, there. That's great. Well, that's well here's another joke that's probably just as bad, but to kind of take off that bad aftertaste. Mm-hmm. You know what's the best part about being a necrophiliac? What do we got? You never have to bring flowers for your date. They're usually right there. <sighs> I'm going to
2: hell. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is did sick. I tell you once? Did I tell you once that I did engage in necrophilia?
2: Oh Lord! Yeah. Did you really? My date
1: gave me the cold shoulder.
0: <laughs> oh, my God! That's... I'm gonna die! Yeah, I tried to make a move on her, but she acted like she was dead. <laughs> Going to hell. Going to oh, hell.
2: I love it! I love it. I love it. I I, I literally
1: feel my back fat sweating telling these jokes. Like I have guilt already. <laughs>
2: no, you should not have guilt. They're brilliant. I love it.
1: But I think, but I think you have to find. You know, I I know that we now live in a time where people are s- sensitive, and I get why. But I also know this sooner or later. I think one thing we've lost mm-hmm. almost societally, so, as a society, I should say is we've lost the ability to laugh at ourselves. Like I yeah. do some stupid fucking shit during the day, like every day. Where I sit there and go, Yep. Yep. And and you know some days you wake up and you do good and you're like nailed it. And then there's some days where twenty minutes after you got out of bed, you look at your bed and go, Why the fuck did I leave?
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. You're like you so, just want to get back in and Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got you you, you have to find, I think that's one thing I think a lot of us are like missing now. We get too hung up on what people put out there. And, and usually mm-hmm. it's these people who would not say or enforce any of these things if they were in front mm-hmm. of somebody. Yep. Like you would call them out on it and they'd be like, no, no. And it's like, no, you have to have like some self-integrity about this stuff, but you also gotta be able to laugh at yourself. And I yep. think we've really lost that because now, you know, social media gives everybody a chance to speak Mm-hmm. but how are we ever supposed to figure anything out if everybody speaks at once? Yeah. And now we're at the point to, and, and this is nothing new that social media is literally designed for shit shaming
3: mm-hmm.
1: and, and trolling people. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we can't even carry on a conversation as far as that goes. And that's where I think, cause people are like, well, you know, social media brings us closer to people. It's like, yeah, but look at the division it causes in between that. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, like I said, they're jokes. And, and I know, because that's the thing, sooner or later, there's always going to be a joke that hits somebody in that way. And it always goes back to it's funny until it happens to you. Mm-hmm. Like when you look back at like some of the things you laugh at and go, Oh my God, I shouldn't laugh at that. That's funny. And then it goes into a direction like you can't, you, you can't, uh, you can't joke about that. Like you can't. Perfect example real quick. Mm -hmm. So we can get back to the task at hand, because I got to do bingo tonight. But yes, so my my father, my mother died in um, 2016 of cancer. Mm -hmm. My father died about three years after that. Mm -hmm. And it it, it was both cancer. We saw it coming, things like that. And, you know, you you don't want to necessarily mourn these people before they die. But you have to make peace with the endpoint, because one, you know, they're your parents; it's still going to hit. But you know what's happening, and two, anytime somebody close, you know, to any of us die, it checks our own mortality. Like Mm -hmm. we have to think about ourselves now. Like, you know, there was a world before I got here, and there's going to be a world after I'm gone, and that's just Mm -hmm. that's just the facts. But when my father died. I was actually at bingo. I was working cause I couldn't get someone to cover. Cause I had, he was in basically hospice and they were just waiting for him to know it was three or four days after we finally, cause he was in home care and then that stopped. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, okay, we know, we know what's coming next and it's going to be very soon. Mm-hmm. So I was at bingo. He died. I drove up to where the, the center was and, um, You know, he had just passed, I walked in the room, and my sister, who at the time still lived in Hawaii, she said, I know this sounds weird, but could you take pictures of of him? She wanted like a last photograph. And I get that. And uh, my nephew, you know, made a joke. He's like, smile, Papa, Grandpa. And uh, as he was taking the picture, and my sister's on speaker, and she's like, you know, it's not funny to joke. But she did laugh. And it's like, Tammy, I was like, we knew this was coming. It's just a question of when. So as he's taking the picture, I'm like, look at that, Dad. It's the first picture you ever take without holding a sign with numbers on it.
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah.
1: Nice. Yeah. Sometimes in the darkness, we giggle.
2: No, I got to tell you. And,
1: and even the nurse in the room was like, Whoa. and then she was like, she's like, oh my God. Like she had to catch herself because she felt bad. I, and I looked at her and I said, hey, that man was a pain in the ass to me for years. We mm-hmm. didn't get along about anything, mm-hmm. but I love the hell out of him. Without him, there'd be no me. And sooner or later, this is the eventuality of all our lives. Mm-hmm. You have to take it for what it is, because his diagnosis came not long after my mother died. So it was almost like one after another so oh. by then and i unfortunately had front seats to both of their um their conditions dwindling um mm. especially when his when his went dreno, when he went down the tubes like it was mm. quick ex- exceedingly quick um yeah. but having said that like it's times like that like you gotta you've you gotta find a way to laugh when i was driving up there like i was all emotional and stuff but when i got there i was like Okay. I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen essentially when it happened. Cause they even told me, they're like, he's probably not going to make it through the weekend. And he died Saturday afternoon. Um, but somewhere in between that darkness and those feelings, you have to be able to laugh at something because I, and I, and I think, you know, laughter gets us through so much, like some of the shit I've been through and we've all been through, you know, who's listening, who's watching, like, you've got to find a way to laugh at it and it's usually in a place where you don't want to and somebody possibly yourself will make a joke and you'll laugh and then you'll catch yourself and you're like yeah but then you also know you needed that laugh and you needed Mm -hmm. to make sense of what was happening and sometimes Mm -hmm. to be able to laugh at this stuff is to is part of the process of processing it where Mm -hmm. we have to kind of stand Toe to toe with this darkness, um, a saying that I've used for many years. Being a fan of Norse mythology, Odin will never favor the cowards. And to laugh at something is to be accepting, and to stand toe to toe with it. You know, in in our weakest points, we gotta find strength. And part of that strength is being able to laugh at some of the dumb shit we do and some of the bad stuff that happen. Hmm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Boy, Dude, I'm you on like... a
1: tangent there. Sorry.
2: Uh, no, no. This is no. This is good. I love it. I really no because you're right. You're definitely right because I'm I'm in the same boat with my mother right now. It's just she's she's still hanging on. She's like the Energizer Bunny, and there's sometimes when I'm just like, can you please just stop? Stop. Take the battery out, please. It's
1: it's it's hard to watch but then again and and i agree with you in the sense that you know when when they both lost their battles they were free of them you know and regardless of what you may believe or not believe after the fact there is a point where it's like there's no suffering and you know we we carry them in our heart of hearts like that's That's so important to remember people like pictures and stuff like that like there are very few pictures i have with my dad where i was actually having a good time but they did exist and and i hold on to both in such a way to where i temper them like yeah he was a pain in the ass to me a lot but i also know that we had times together where like we went on a road trip to vegas and went to a nascar race and it was amazing like that was that was to kind of reference back to Indiana Jones, like that was my last crusade adventure with my dad. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I was waiting for him to be like, Junior, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yep. and sometimes you have to kind of just see it for what it is. And that is, uh, it's one of the hardest things to ever do. Because I think the last thing we ever want to admit, and it's not even defeat, it's just mm-hmm accepting the situation like like I said when he started really going down the tubes it was very quick like within 2 weeks of him really starting to go down as far as his health and and so many things it happened extremely quick and as much as there is that part of me where it's like I don't want to accept this like I'm going to lose my dad it's like Two years ago, they told us this was going to happen. And this was basically going to happen the way we see it happening. And he did chemo. My mother did chemo. And um, after a while, you, you just I, – I guess the best way to kind of put this stuff is I think we all want to hang on for the people we love or care about. But I also know that people we love, when they're at that point, they need to understand when it's time. And yeah. – Oddly enough, so the day he died, I was trying to get off, I couldn't get it off, but I went by, every day he was there, I went there twice a day, Mm -hmm. but that Saturday, I went in there and I looked at him and he wasn't hooked to any machines, but he was being monitored and I I just walked up to him and of course, he was completely unresponsive. I said, we're going to miss you, but you can go. Like we will, we will miss you. We will keep you in our, on our hearts. We will, you know, make fun of you, but you don't have to suffer. You can go, we're going to, we're going to be okay without you. We wish Mm -hmm. that wasn't the case, but but you, but I said, it's okay to go, dad. Like I, I, I remember saying that specifically, just like that. I said, it's okay to go. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: I, you know, and regardless of what I believe now about a possible afterlife, i was raised catholic and there is that hopeful side of me that it's like and i even told him i said tell mom we're okay we we miss her we miss everybody else but it's okay to go and that was 10 30 a.m of that day mm-hmm. three hours later he was gone wow so oh, wow yeah i i think sometimes for many of us for people we love and we care about I, I think there is a matter of them hanging on for us. And I know that seems like super idealistic, but I, I, I do think for a lot of people, not just hanging on to life, them being alive, but just, you know, I think somewhere in their subconscious, like what's beyond all of that. But I told them it was about, yeah, it was about ten thirty AM. I said, dad, I said, you can go. I said, I'm going to miss you. Like you pissed me off almost every day. i'm i pissed you off like me and him had a pretty contentious relationship and then especially when i got older i i stopped kind of call i I stopped you know caring about getting into because they're you know like most family members like we don't we love them we don't have to like the shit they do and we don't have to agree with them and in turn they don't have to agree with us but i reached a point And it was after so many deployments, you know, when I was active duty, where I was like, I don't have to deal with this. Like I just watched a Humvee burn like two months ago and he's gonna give me shit about this. Like fuck that noise. So I really started kind of calling him on stuff. And that I think even kind of widened the gap because I wasn't always like, Well dad, you're you're right. You're absolutely right, because you're dad and everything you do is great and you shit rainbows and you fart glitter and you're wonderful. It's like, no, dad, this is fucked up. And, and him calling me on stuff like, yeah, do that. I'm wildly imperfect, yeah. but I still miss him. Yeah. I, I, I still miss that jackass. One hundred percent. And I know we've gotten off topic. I got one more quick thing. I am so sorry. So no, that's for fine. You watch this... city slickers. Yeah. Yeah. I'd really go into a different place here for those mm-hmm. who saw city slickers. There's that scene and people laugh at it and go, do people really do that? So there's, it's in the beginning, it's about 10 minutes in give or take. Mm -hmm. They come back from Spain after the running with the bulls and Billy Crystal's character gets a call from his mom on uh, the day of his birthday at the time he was born, which is 5.16 AM. He, kid you not, he takes the call like anybody would but knows how the call is gonna go and I know when people watch that in the theater they had that moment of do people really do that well when I watched my I watched it for the first time with my mother and my sister we had this moment like Holy fuck, we're not alone. My mother Mm -hmm. used to call me and my sisters on our birthday at the time we were born. I was Mm -hmm. born at 1051 p.m. on December 26th of 19. Sorry, Mm -hmm. I got that. I didn't, sorry, I didn't get that number right, but you know, I'm old. But I, she called that time like mm-hmm. clockwork on my birthday, no matter where I was or no matter where she was, cause she worked nights a lot. So she, she would, she would literally take her smoke break and call me. And then my middle sister was like three in the morning. And then the other one, my, my first sister, cause there's three of us, two sisters. And then moi
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, was eight o'clock at night. And we used to raz that woman left and right about Mm -hmm. the fact that she would do this like you know and even before seeing city slickers like mom this is ridiculous like you kind of call us every time and blah 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 and all this stuff and one day we were already all grown Mm -hmm. she said you give me shit now she said but i promise you the day it stops happening is the day you're gonna miss it Mm-hmm. And I promise you, as the sun will set on this day, what I wouldn't give for just five minutes on my birthday at 1051 mm-hmm. p.m. for her to call and tell me happy birthday mm-hmm. and tell and, and in the scene the, she kind of goes into the story about how he was born. She used to do the same thing, too, because I was mm-hmm. actually like a week late. I was lazy even then, where I was like, "I'm I'll get out when I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, because originally I was, I think it was like six days before that, I was um, uh, predicted as far as my, my, my birthday. And then they thought I was going to be Christmas Eve. And then they thought I was going to be Christmas Day. And then they realized that I was having complications in there, which probably explains a lot now. Mm-hmm. And uh, they went in and got me. And, uh, yeah, the little things, you know, I, I think the message more than anything, I, and like I said, I know we've got on from quite the tangent, but, um, no, love them while you got them. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many people that I've lost over the years, and that unfortunately we will all experience that. And, mm-hmm. you know, my girlfriend, who's amazing, she, uh, you know, like, with many family members, you know, there are times they don't get along or whatever they do. And I'm like, mm-hmm. enjoy them while you got them. Like even the bonkers shit they do, even the stuff yeah. where you're like, really, you thought that was a good idea? Um, yeah, join while you got them. Because even even I mean, there were times where my dad did shit that was so stupid. I went mm-hmm. looking around the house for adoption papers, because I was like, <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, I can't believe you did that! Like, are you fucking insane?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's like, really right and I'm like, "No, that's that, that was a joke. That was rhetorical." Um,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: you, you only get them one time around, and mm-hmm. and you know, love him for it. Um, even some of the stuff you don't agree with. Like, I got people in my family. I mean, or had, unfortunately, not in my family's past. But some of the shit they would go on about. I'm like, "Are you fucking serious?" Mm-hmm. And then years later, where I'm at now, I'm like, "Fuck! I would love to. I would love to still tell them that what they think is completely wrong, and here is mm-hmm. the evidence to support it. But I'd still love to hear them go on about it."
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. wow. Sorry, I I took that call no, in that direction. I didn't even follow the Google Maps. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> no, that dude. <laughs> You know what? That's what makes this so great. Is just because That's
1: why I love podcasting. Yeah, that's part of why I still love and it's been off the air for well over a year. But that's Mm -hmm. why I really enjoy ID10T with Chris Hardwick or when it was Nerdist because Mm -hmm. and and he came from a radio background in LA for like years before he Mm -hmm. started doing hosting and stand up. And that was always kind of his trajectory. But he was one of those people that when he decided to do a podcast, because the first episode he ever did was with um, Tom Lennon from um, Reno 911.
2: Yep, yep.
1: And he had no clue, because he doesn't do sports and neither does Tom Lennon. So he had no clue what he was going to do. Hmm. And he felt like, I gotta have segments and I gotta have this and I gotta have that. And then over time, especially towards like when he really got big, where you see like some of the guests he's got like, Tom Cruise? You got that cackling midget? Like, really? But even more mm-hmm. so, like, you look at kind of, and, like, he got Tom Hanks and stuff like that. And even when, because he's been off the air a little over a year, give or take. But even mm-hmm. towards the end, he became a dad and obviously priorities uh, probably changed. But And I think he still had that game show, The Wall, or whatever it was called. But yeah. a lot of what he did was wanting to have a conversation
3: mm-hmm.
1: and wanting to... Really, just engage the person in front of him. Yes, a lot of them were promoting stuff, but ultimately, at the end of the day, you know. Because one episode that I really like is he had uh, Ian McKellen on, who was promoting a movie he had done, and he was really sketch about the whole thing because it's like all in his mind. A lot of it is gotcha stuff. Like, oh, you want to hear me talk about this? So you can put this in a in a clip and so on and so forth. And little by little, he was like, no, I, I just like, what would you like to talk about? And he had already done for this particular movie. He had done like a ton of press and he was kind of over it. And then he started talking about being an actor and why he doesn't like doing press. And then it turned into a conversation and there's been many where they go on tangents and they try to bring the conversation back around, but ultimately it's like engage in a conversation that's why you know this medium is so great the immediacy the connectivity to where you know you can tell stories yes you can have a message as well but a lot of this stuff people can relate to and i think that's why the best podcasts Mm
3: -hmm.
1: end up being conversations like yes you hit on certain points you want to talk about and and certain subjects but we see so many where they kind of derail, as mm-hmm. this has. And and they become something onto themselves. So and you even put in the promo, like we you know, it's like, hey, we tend to kind of go in a different direction. We really took a U turn. I apologize.
2: <laughs> no, that's dude, that's completely fine. Because you know what? I'm gonna tell you what, okay? Based on other people that I've podcasted with over the years, and I've podcasted with, you know, a few people since two thousand and ten. The majority of people, like, see, I love, like, the real and the raw shit like this. That's why I like to do it live and all that shit, you know? But a lot of those people, like, especially one person in particular, um, would cut all this shit out. Like, you would have to polish the shit out of this and cut this, like, it would, the episode would be five minutes. And I'd I be like, understand. but you're cutting so much out I wonder if that
1: goes with an expectation because once again it goes back to not just where media has gone as far as like entertainment
3: mm-hmm. you know
1: now we're all in this adhd mentality like people ask all the time like hey have you watched this i'm like fuck i gotta sleep i haven't watched everything like i can who can really mm-hmm. unless it's like kind of part of their job but i think you know having a topic is is great and having stuff to talk about, but some of the best podcasts, and, and those who are listening, I challenge you as well, and, and if you agree, great, if not, tell me to go myself. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the best podcasts end up being conversations, and it hits on points that are universal, things mm-hmm. that we can all understand. And a lot of it is usually like faux pas stuff, like mistakes mm-hmm. we have made, or like, you know, at an early age, I did this, and like, what the hell was I thinking? And then 20 years later, like that lesson led to something, that made me successful or helped me realize what I had done 20 years ago and then how I had to kind of recompense either with a certain individual or even with myself. So I think one of the best things about podcasting, the ones that I love, and I remember having that same mind glitch, telling myself like, well, I gotta have this, I gotta have that, I gotta have this. And I think one thing, cause, and I've talked about bingo, which I unfortunately have to do tonight, but one thing with bingo is you have your script and then everything mm-hmm. else is whatever you bring to it. Like as mm-hmm. far as jokes or gags or whatever. And and you're kind of up there on like a high wire. And my first couple months, I was terrible at it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think I do fine, I've done it for six years off and on, and I think I do well enough to where people enjoy it. Because I have people, I have friends that I've made from it who will come out to see, or come out to bingo, just to see me.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But having and, and I did teaching in the military and, and all this stuff where in public, I can walk up on a stage and go and just run with it. Be on a microphone, make it up as I go, you know, doing it live. Like I can mm-hmm. do that. I shit you not. When I realized a lot of my podcasting was going to be based around, um, you know, it being just me,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I was fucking terrified. I literally sat in front of my microphone at the time or my cell phone at the time or whatever you know obviously recording device cold and I'm talking about having notes like this is what I want to talk about this is what's in my brain here's my joke haha I think I'm clever blah 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 and and I'm literally and and keep in mind this isn't even like streaming it's straight podcasting like it's not even this where I'm being recorded visually I'm sitting there looking at this thing and just cold sweat. I was sweating like a new inmate who just dropped the soap on the first day in the shower. And I am literally being able to read this shit. And I've been in front of hundreds of people talking to them. Mm -hmm. And I'm alone and I'm staring down this microphone and I'm like, fuck you microphone, don't you judge Mm me. And then I would shut it off and then like, get in my own head. So I Mm -hmm. think for a lot of people, especially people who podcast like, You know it has to have this it has to have that it has to have this and that's all fine but in between the connective tissue especially when it's you know two people or three people it turns into something on its own because hey i remember i gotta talk about this oh hey this makes me you know remind myself of this oh yeah that happened to me too like it ends up being this good cohesion a great cohesion in many cases where it has this kind of back and forth where people play off of not just each other's energies, but also experiences. And I right. think that's probably why I not only enjoy doing this with you, but I also have another podcast. And I and it helped me do solo podcasts that much more. And a lot of that was because it was like, it's the microphone in you. Like even with you here, like I'm talking to you, but I still right. have to stare down this thing and go, you know, it's almost like an empty vessel. Like, what am I going to, what am I going to put here? Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: that, even with, like I said, you or the other podcasts I do with um, the two others that I do it with who are great, there is that moment of even talking to you, it comes back to this eventually. Mm -hmm. It comes back to this device and what I'm going to engage into it to engage onto you and back and forth. So, um, Yeah, it's why I love doing it. You know, when I was in college way, way back when during, you know, the Wright brothers put up their first plane and all that, um, I I worked and I interned in radio Mm. and I, and I've always loved the concept of how we as people can connect to one another, even just by a voice, like Mm. how powerful and, and, you know, interlocking that can be for so many of us. Like when you hear about certain experiences, you're like, fuck, I did that too he's an idiot as much as i'm an idiot (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know you have some of Mm -hmm. those great realizations so yeah yeah, I, i i love taking the baton and running with it even if i'm running around in circles and you know licking the window on the back of the bus where it's like where are you going um but i think that's what makes this medium uh so wonderful and i apologize we totally like we didn't just miss the boat. I think we missed like the mounted, as far as what we were supposed to talk about. But
2: uh, I hope people was, enjoyed it. Was, it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was it was it was good. But how about how about in in our in our closing moments? Because I know I know you have to go. But uh, sadly, what 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 is your favorite horror franchise? If you had to pick just one Ooh. that you love.
1: Okay, this is gonna be a little out little out of left field. Okay. Final Destination.
2: Really? Yeah. I am... (laughs) Hmm. I'm not going to say that I don't... I'm not going to say that I don't like it, but you know what? The weirdest... Because I really liked 5, and I'm very interested to see what they're going to do with 6. Yes, we have 6 coming up. But, like, I never hear... I mean, I never hear anyone, anyone even talk about that. And even when I was putting the show art together, I didn't even think of Final Destination. I'm like, I got to get the critters on there because I love those fucking things. But
1: Final Destination, no, I didn't think of. Real about. quick, I'll tell you the reason why. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm not alone in this. I'm always fascinated about the concept of what has been. I don't necessarily, you know, like write on the wall about it in like a padded cell or anything. But, right. you know, there's so many things in our lives that we're seconds away from a different trajectory of what could right. have happened. And each movie, even though obviously, I mean, in some ways they're kind of repeating themselves like Fast and Furious, but mm. that's the thing they've always come back to in the best way possible, where it's like, you know, what if I turned left instead of turning right? Like, how would that have happened? And then to put that into, uh, you know, horror, as well as having these very elaborate deaths that are over sensationalized and over the top, still like, you know, some of those kind of deaths in those kind of movies, you know, Sisu has a lot of that where the deaths are so, you know, glorified, where like, you can't look away. Even when you're like, oh, you're like, oh, that's imaginative. Look at you. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and what's so great too about Final Destination, it's simple and to the point.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, there's going to be some elaborate opening scene that's going to set the rest of the plot forward. You know, somewhere in between, they're going to try to change it, think they did and then probably created another set of scenarios going in a different direction. And yeah, I like unpredictability unpredictability as much as the next girl, but Mm -hmm. for for Final Destinations, it's like that kind of cozy blanket. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, look, I'm gonna see a bunch of pretty 20-something-year-olds who apparently are supposed to be passed off as teenagers and they're gonna get fucked up. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's such a good time.
2: <laughs> uh, Tony Todd coming back for six. Yes or no? What do you think?
1: I hope so. I've met the man about three mm-hmm. or four years ago at FanX here. Absolutely a delight. Loves being around fans. Wonderful guy. Um, he, and, and it's funny because obviously with his stature and his, his, his ways, that's why he's been in a lot of horror movies. Obviously Candyman. But ultimately gentle giant sweet man i hope he's back in some degree um mm. because he was part of one of those original dominoes and of course he connects all of this even with all the different people they've put in he connects he connects all of this more than the people you know a lot of the quote unquote protagonists that we've seen
2: yeah i feel it. i feel what's your I favorite mean... real quick <laughs>
0: Well, it's you it's it's, it's, it's Halloween.
2: I mean, it's definitely Halloween, <laughs> yeah. hands down. Yeah. I love it because the the the, the Myers Loomis relationship, especially the first six, really get me. And yes. then after that, it was kind of like you know, it just wasn't the same. The franchise for yeah. me died with with Donald, even though yeah. you know, it just changed. Yeah. It changed. He was, he was the
1: linchpin to a lot of it.
2: Yeah, he definitely was. But yeah, that's... uh, That's about (laughs) it for that then. But I'll tell you, this... Honestly, this was probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite episodes of this show. I think in the... June will be 13 years that this thing has been going as a show. Wow. So in that 13 years, I really think this... Was probably one of the most impactful episodes that appreciate we've that. had, and 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 I owe that to you. I definitely do, buddy. I appreciate and, it. And Billy, I saw that. You scared the shit out of me. I I, I saw that in game. the game.
1: <laughs> I want to play a game with you. Fuck Mary Kill. Go.
2: Hmm. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, he's scared as fuck, <laughs> isn't he? yeah that's yeah.
1: mama's little baby love short shortening <laughs> short men. Mama's little baby love short men cake
2: <laughs> is, is 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 steve afraid of him too
1: no steve knocks him down all the time like steve will fuck with him
2: oh yeah uh, no steve, steve
1: steve's like nah steve <laughs> Steve's. Steve, steve looks at him and he's like you've got nothing here
0: nothing
2: mm-hmm.
0: nothing <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's great <sighs> i and love I it <laughs> all right until next time thank you everybody for watching and listening or watching watching and listening watching, the, like watching, watching. and yeah that's right it's a new fucking word there we go but Dio, thank word. you thank you so much i'm telling you you you're really you know you're bringing something special out here and i appreciate that
1: I, I ramble at great length, but it takes two to make a thing go right, so I appreciate you as well, sir.
2: <laughs> oh, Thank you, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Peace! <laughs> all right. And...